0: This message comes from NPR sponsor Rosetta Stone, an expert in language learning for 30 years. Right now, NPR listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership to 25 different languages for 50% off. Learn more at rosettastone.com NPR.
1: Today on State of the World, a look at Israel's other front line. Thanks for listening to State of the World from NPR. We bring you the day's most vital international stories up close where they're happening. It's Thursday, December 7th. I'm Greg Dixon. Fierce fighting in Gaza between Israel and Hamas continues, but there is a second active front in northern Israel. There, Israeli forces have traded artillery and rocket fire with Hezbollah, a militia backed by Iran that operates in Lebanon. We're going to hear voices from both sides of that second front now. In a few minutes, people who live in a village on the Lebanon side of the border. But first, NPR's Brian Mann spoke to people on the Israel side and found many who think a full-scale war with Hezbollah is
2: inevitable. I arrive at Kibbutz Le Havot Habashan, a short drive from the Lebanon border on a beautiful spring-like afternoon. This is the Upper Galilee region in the far north, sort of the Vermont of Israel. And the first person I meet is Renan Monica. I have a workshop, bike workshop. For 20 years, Monica has been guiding tourists on mountain bike trips through these hills. That's all stopped. Yeah, because the war now, so it's a bad situation and we don't have a customer, so nobody want to come. No customers and a lot fewer neighbors. Israel's government says more than 40 communities in this area have been evacuated since October 7th because of the threat of Hezbollah, which operates nearby. More than sixty thousand Israelis were required to leave their homes. Other families left voluntarily. Now we we just uh, half people here in the kibbutz. We don't know actually. We we living day by day. I'm not afraid if you ask me. Do you have family here? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Your kids and family. Kids and family. Do you ever think mm, this is too risky? Not yet. Not yet. Yeah. Not yet. It's my place. It's my home i born here. There were full-scale wars fought on this frontier in the 1980s and again in 2006. Both sides regularly trade artillery and sniper fire. But after Hamas's attack on Israel October 7th, there's been more shooting, more rockets. Ziv Marom was also born in this kibbutz. The Galil is the most beautiful place in Israel. And it was developing and developing and developing. It was crazy how beautiful it was. And now people that live in kibbutz near the borders are not planning to come back. Marom runs a coffee shop here. Now it's mostly empty. He says people fear there might be raids on their homes by Hezbollah like the one Hamas carried out in the south. It could be the same, the same event here in the north. And uh, the Hezbollah is a stronger army than the Hamas. The fear, need grew up. When I ask what Israel should do to give them back their sense of safety... I hear one idea from people here over and over. Many want a full-scale war. I know now that we have to crush them and crush them big time, big time. They understand power, and that's what we need to show because we have power. The U.S. and other countries are scrambling to contain this war, limiting it to Gaza and Israel's already bloody fight with Hamas. But Israeli soldiers like Zohar Ben-Sushan say the danger posed by Hezbollah has risen a lot.
3: We think that they have a lot of power and more ways to um, attack us and heart the community here in the north. So it really feels like protecting my home.
2: Ben Tushan is 24, a reservist in Israel's army from the northern city of Haifa. She's based here at a forward lookout post, one of the closest defensive positions Israel's army maintains on the Lebanon border. She takes me across the muddy yard to an observation post, and Lebanon is right there.
3: You really can see um, the houses. If you just go, you can see that.
2: Ben Sushan says Hezbollah fighters are over there, well armed and organized.
3: Sometimes it's also scary. One time I was in the shower and the shooting started, and it was really scary. I ran to my room and, you know, took my clothes and a weapon and went outside. So it really can attack you anytime.
2: Many Israelis who consider the Upper Galilee their home tell NPR the Israeli army's presence is comforting, but not enough. They say the border is too big, too porous to defend reliably. After leaving the frontier, I stop in the city of Nazareth, a 90-minute drive away, where people evacuated from northern communities are being housed by the government in hotels.
1: We're here already five, five weeks,
2: more than a little bit more than 300 people. Erez Bergman is from the Sneer kibbutz. His entire community is here, men, women, and a lot of kids, including his own. He says after seeing what happened during Hamas's attack. He's thinking about leaving the North for good, to protect his family.
1: Yes, I'm saying it uh, sadly, but yes.
2: I do not want to make my children in a position that they are harmed. Bergman, too, says there's only one thing that will make him feel safe returning home. He wants a full-scale war that will do to Hezbollah what Israel is now trying to do to Hamas. I mean, we will fight very hard Hezbollah. That's the only option. It's not a good option, but if we
1: want to go home... And feel uh, that uh, there's nobody near the border that
2: can threaten us or our children. That's the only solution I can see. Many of the Israelis interviewed by NPR voiced impatience with their government for not already striking harder against Hezbollah. Others predicted that as soon as the fight with Hamas is over in the south, Israel's military will turn its attention here. Ryan Mann, NPR News, on the Israel-Lebanon border.
1: And we'll hear from the other side of that border next.
0: This message comes from NPR sponsor, Progressive, and it's Name Your Price Tool. Say how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show coverage options within your budget. Visit Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
4: Support for NPR and the following message come from IXL Learning. IXL Learning uses advanced algorithms to give the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. Get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when you sign up today at ixl.com/npr. Support for this NPR podcast and the following message come from Amgen, a biotechnology pioneer leading the fight against the world's toughest diseases such as cancer, heart disease, asthma, and osteoporosis. In a new era of human health, Amgen continues to accelerate the pace of change, operating sustainably and drawing upon deep knowledge of science to push beyond what's known today. With each decade, they reliably deliver powerful new therapies to patients. Learn more at Amgen.com.
1: So, we've heard the view from the Israel side of the border, now to Lebanon. Before the most recent flare-up, there was a week-long pause in attacks between Israel and Hezbollah. And that's when NPR's Jane Araf went to one village where people had returned to assess their damaged houses. And some told her they were staying despite the danger.
3: All around is destruction. But Ali Suleiman has come back to try to repair the apartments his grandparents worked for years to build for their extended family. Their home is just about 400 yards from the border with Israel in the Lebanese village of Kuferkala. He says the building was hit four times by Israeli artillery since the war in Gaza began. Tens of thousands of people have been evacuated from both sides of the border. Hezbollah says 82 of its fighters have been killed, along with what Lebanese media say are at least 14 civilians. At least nine Israelis have been killed, including soldiers, according to Israeli media. In Lebanon, towns like Kufriqallah have been particularly hard hit. This whole apartment building is pretty much destroyed, so badly damaged that they're tearing down some of the walls. Most of the walls are scorched and blackened. One has a tank round-sized hole punched through it. On the roof, near broken solar panels, Suleiman tells us the destruction is a price he's happy to pay for having the Iran-backed Lebanese militia Hezbollah fighting for them. I mean,
1: if Israel could manage to do to us what it's doing to Gaza, they would have done it. But they can't because Hezbollah is here.
3: Suleiman's next-door neighbor, Wadad Harim, drops by to see who's around. Her husband has stayed in their house every night. But she leaves by nightfall and returns in the day. Now it's become like a ghost town around me. There are no neighbors around anymore. I'm alone now and afraid. I'm staying with my daughter while I figure out what to do. At least there's someone there to keep me company. As we go with her to see the damage to her own house, Israeli surveillance drones buzz overhead, as they have every day since the war in Gaza started. Hezbollah has strong support in this town, although not everyone backs the group. (laughs) We find Gharib's husband, Ibrahim Hamoud, sitting with a friend. Inside, part of the living room ceiling has caved in, and the red velvet sofas are covered in plaster and bits of glass. Hamoud says he was sleeping upstairs when the first floor was hit. He worked five years in construction in Africa to build his dream home. And he says he won't leave it.
1: There's no one who doesn't know fear except a fool. If there
3: were a shelter, I would go to it. But in Lebanon, everything is chaos. Hamoud's wife, though, is packing to go to her daughter's for the night. Uh. I'd rather they call me a coward a thousand times than for them to say once, God rest her soul, she says. It's been seven days of relative calm, and Harib prays it will hold the next day. Tomorrow, God willing, things will improve and there will be a ceasefire, so we can come back and not leave. She climbs into a crowded car, Leaving behind her husband sitting in a plastic chair surrounded by the shattered glass. Their friend has stayed in his home in Hula, a town that has been even harder hit by Israeli strikes than this one. The men, both in their 70s, say it would be humiliating to stay with relatives more than a day or two. On Friday, the day after we meet them, the temporary ceasefire is broken. And attacks between Hezbollah and Israel resume, along with the war in Gaza. We check in again with the two friends. Hamoud's friend says his aunt and her son were killed that day in an airstrike in Hula. They died in the rubble of their home. Hezbollah claimed the young man as one of their fighters. (laughs) Two days later, Hamoud tells us he and his wife are all right. But another airstrike has hit their house. The video he sends shows it almost completely destroyed. Here, it seems, you can count on peace only one day at a time. Jane Raff, NPR News, Kafir Kedla, South Lebanon.
1: That's the State of the World from NPR. If you appreciate our reporting, like bringing you voices from both sides of an unfolding conflict, please consider supporting public media. Here are two ways you can do that. You can sign up for State of the World Plus at plus.npr.org or on our show page in Apple Podcasts. You can also make a tax-deductible donation to your local NPR station. It takes a lot for us to bring you these stories from around the world. So thank you to those who are helping make that possible. And thanks to everyone for listening. We'll see you again soon.
0: What does it mean to be Black in America? And NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of stories as varied, nuanced, and dynamic as Black experiences, you'll hear. It means everything. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get your podcast.
4: Support for NPR and the following message come from IXL Online. Is your child asking questions on their homework you don't feel equipped to answer? IXL Learning uses advanced algorithms to give the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. One subscription gets you everything. One site for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And NPR listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com/NPR.
0: This message comes from NPR sponsor HubSpot. Imagine growing a business with high-quality leads